5: I don't know. It's, I'm trying to make the switch to the Tommy New Hampshire um, computer because of yesterday the audio problems. We had to use the video audio. It was just something. It was all distorted, and my voice was down an octave. It was weird. It got weirdly never, slowed down. Never heard that before in, in my life. But now, I, for some reason, that computer is not charging, and I I got a new charging cable that goes with the Apple. Well, the cable is not Apple, but the the base that Tommy gave me is Apple, but it worked last week. But not the cord. The, the we, cord but, is I, new, right? Yeah, the cord is new, but the cord worked last week. This cord. Ago. This or- cord. I'm pretty sure it's this cord. It was the one sitting there. We hadn't touched it. We, so it's it's remarkable to me. Would a cord work once and then not work? But anyway, so it must have been completely dead, and then but maybe it just takes more time. But it seems weird because like I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, but that's not your problem.
4: I so, think you should. Have your brother this weekend see if his MacBook that has the same type of charger, if a charger that we can immediately verify works directly on his works on that. Or maybe we can try it on my phone. I don't know. Now,
5: what tell us lot things. Obviously, we're going to get to the John, uh, uh, Dershowitz. Robert. Uh, Robert Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> it's been a big day, Alice. I've expended a lot of energy. So my mind's a little bit crazy, although I feel great. Want to, do you want to take it better than how far I walked today?
4: Uh, 11.8 miles.
5: Holy Alice K. Shattuck. <laughs> what?
4: 11.6. Wow. I'm pretty wow. Good today.
6: <laughs> Nobody's
5: going to. You win the five bucks at me. Uh.
4: It's
5: 25,000 steps. So that's why I'm a little more insane than usual. But But listen to this. Not only is Steve from Gloucester now off of Twitter... Because he did a, he, he was on a big podcast. I don't want to get anybody mad by mentioning the name of it, but a, a rather big barstool affiliated podcast, and um and so he got all sorts of people storming into his mentions, et cetera, like that, et cetera. and so he's like, whoa, he's uh, he's off of it, even though he did a good job in the in the podcast. Um, none of that. So we've lost Stephen Glosser from Twitter. Um, guess we've just lost from Twitter as well, as of six
4: hours ago. Somebody? John Podesta. Yes. I've seen this and I sent you some of the stuff about it, in fact.
5: Oh, there's stuff about it?
4: Well, one of the things he was being accused of by crazy people on Twitter oh, oh, is is that he was he was accused of uh, many Hassan attacked him for daring to suggest that journalists are carrying <clears throat> water journalists for big news organizations are carrying water for Hamas.
5: Yeah, I saw him do it.
4: Um and um as it turns out, ironically, today, we also found out that AP, CNN, and some others had journalists embedded with Hamas in the lead up to, so, and during the October 7 terror attack, filming the stuff that was going on. I wish we'd known that, we that talked was to going Dershowitz,
5: on. I mean, yes. so, so that is, um, every member of that, those news agencies, uh, considering they were Americans killed and kidnapped, should be expelled from the United States. Uh, it, it, it says like pe-
4: so. I do think I don't know like the citizenship status of mm-hmm. those particular people that they had embedded, but I do think some of them are at least like local to Gaza in that area and are just employed by these news organizations. Like I don't think they necessarily um, live in the United States. Oh, oh, okay, time. no,
5: no, I'm saying but the entire Associated Press should be citizens <laughs> from the United States
4: okay. have their citizenship. From
5: yeah, out. if you have somebody who is embedded with. Hamas the terrorist organization Mm -hmm. then they were complicit in the attack they had knowledge of the attack
4: yeah and there's photos of this of them at the attack filming and taking photos of this stuff and AP has now gone in and and I think Reuters too is that another one that had it Um, there were they so first of all they must have had advanced knowledge because they knew to show up at the border to film the proceedings right Um. And they were there and they were taking pictures as this stuff was happening. And now AP and some of these others have gone through and started to remove the photo credits from these photos because they've realized there how they. terrible it looks. No, 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 the, no, no, their, no, no, no. Their photo journalists were here taking pictures uh, of well, like rapes I, and beheadings I, and stuff. I hope and the Mossad not-
5: is finding all this stuff right now because these people should be st- sued until they're bankrupt. Every single one of them, they should be expelled. Yeah, from
4: Associated Press, Reuters, CNN. AP should be expelled. They're yeah.
5: dirty bastards. All of them, they're complicit in this attack if they did this. I don't care if it's just a photojournalist, anybody like that. That is that is remarkable.
4: I mean, they have pictures of them entering the kibbutzes. Like, I, it, it's kind of an astonishing thing. Um, in particular, this one photojournalist... Um, Aslaya, Hassan Aslaya. Um, there's also, so AP photo credits had Hassan Aslaya, who's um, in some of these photographs hugging members of Hamas. <laughs> Youssef Masood, Ali Mahmoud, and Hatem Ali. Aslaya, a freelancer who also work, he works for both AP and CNN, crossed into Israel, took photos of the burning Israeli tank, um, took photos of them like pulling out in. Abusing the body of the guy who was in the tank, you know they, and he was tweeting about this stuff. He documented himself standing there. He wasn't wearing a press vest or a helmet, um, and he was tweeting out like live from inside the Gaza Strip settlements during the right. attacks. So <coughs> he and should this- also
5: be if the, if the he could be he should be considered by the Israelis a war combatant. They should flatten him. Do you remember a couple of years back when the Israelis blew up a building in the Gaza Strip? And mm-hmm. the AP office was in the same building? As and- the
4: Hamas leadership? And they
5: pitched and moaned? Mm-hmm. Well, now we know why they were in the same building. Right.
4: They were um, taking pictures of the pickup truck carrying the body of that German-Israeli woman who was at the mm-hmm. music festival, Shani Luke.
5: Yeah. Um yeah, they should be considered combatants and targeted. And so and they, they so these
4: photojournalists are showing up in each other's photos like with cameras yes. and stuff not wearing press credentials or anything. Right. Yeah. No, which if, is,
5: if they were tipped off to something, that's different. They had to have been tipped but off if, because if, if how would they know to be there? If they were embedded with, that's something else. But if they were also tipped off, then yeah, then if they had anybody, if they had knowledge of this and didn't tell uh, anybody that that there that they knew that there were there was a massacre that was about to take place, they should be considered enemy combatants and shot dead in the street. And we should get rid of these people. AP is poison anyway. We should get rid of these people from the United States right not Expel them.
4: But yeah, and then for them to for AP to be going through and starting to take the names of the photo credits off the photos in their database is extremely shady and shows that they know that this is bad that they were paying these people for photographs um especially that one guy who was hugging it out with the Hamas people during the attacks that um you know he's also done work for the New York Times sold his photos to them like so it's a really big issue so yeah the irony of John Podoretz getting in trouble for that on a day when the media organizations have literally shown themselves to be working directly with Hamas in you know I I, obviously they're gonna argue that they're just like trying to get the real story on the ground or whatever but there's a serious ethical problem here clearly you think (laughs) I mean whoa so I mean uh I'm so astonished by that story. I am. And, I, I, and like a bunch of it, people are posting it as like, if true, but I mean, there's photos when here. When you first
5: sent it to us, or I first sent it, whoever, um, it, I went to the website and the site had crashed. Yeah. I thought, oh, okay, it's probably fake. It's, there's no way.
4: It crashed because so many people were right. going to the freaking yeah. website no. going,
5: excuse e- me? Yes. They, all of these people should be expelled from the United States, including the AP. Just give, and Julie Pace should be fired right the F now, mm-hmm. even though I always thought she was cute and attractive um yeah she they're a rubbish organization in a real administration they would no longer have access to the white house I don't why care. should they
4: have access to the white house they're obviously working with terrorist organizations
5: yes yes they are absolutely this is uh, you know we we say sometimes in in jest that these people are propaganda arms no
6: that yeah. is
5: absolutely literally propaganda these people are absolutely trash. Which and we this didn't happen when we talked to Dershowitz, but it, it made me a, a sufficiently sufficiently angry. Now that I'm glad we're gonna uh, play his interview right now because he's fired up during the interview as well. As you guys know, obviously Alan Dershowitz, uh, for the lawyer, super lawyer, and uh, he's written somebody
4: wh- who stood for free speech for long enough to be on every side of the American political spectrum, as long as people have been trying to cancel other people.
5: Yeah. All right. We are pleased to uh, present Alan Dershowitz. Obviously, you know him. He is the author of War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. And he has been a noted, celebrated lawyer, one of probably the most famous lawyer alive, as a matter of fact, and obviously a professor at Harvard Law School for years and years. Professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, thank you. All right, Professor Dershowitz, I, I want to ask you, kind of on a personal level, what we saw on October 7th here, um, obviously it was a, almost a conquest of the of the southern portion of Israel. Terrorization, torture, rape, un, unspeakable things came to light I, in unspeakable ways. It's still happening, obviously. We've got a nine-month-old who has been kidnapped you cannot, I cannot imagine the terror going on through lives there. How surprised were you that the incident happened on that one when you found I was, out?
7: I wasn't surprised about the incident. We know that Hamas uh, has said this. If they ever were to win a war against Israel, it would be a genocidal war. They've said that from 19—the Palestinians have said that from 1948 to 1967 to 1973. Every Israeli knows that if the enemy wins, they will rape, behead, burn, uh, and murder everybody, that wasn't a surprise. Mm. For me, the greatest surprise, and I'm 85 years old and I've lived through a lot, was the reaction to it by 33 Harvard groups of students mm. uh, justifying it, saying it was all Israel's fault. The National Lawyers Guild, where I've litigated cases with, blaming it all on Israel and claiming that these rapes and murders uh, were a legitimate military tactic, It's the reaction to it uh, which worries me about America. Mm. Israelis in the end have the ability to defend themselves militarily as long as we don't stop them, we don't impose on them uh, artificial ceasefires which would just uh, enable Hamas to restrengthen and do it again and again and again as they promised. It's the reaction of Americans. It's the fact that we have in our midst Hitler's youth. We have the Mm. same Hitler's youth that uh, supported Nazis in the 1930s at Harvard and at Yale and uh, at other places. We have a fifth column in our midst. If When terrorism comes to the United States, as it will, these kids who are now marching and cheering Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, free of Jews, uh, and that clean the world of Jews and gas the Jews. These kids uh, and their adults uh, will be wearing green headbands and blowing up our schools, our synagogues, our libraries, uh, they're a fifth column in the United States. They are Hitler youth, and we shouldn't confuse them just because they're young. Hitler depended on young people mm. at the University of Munich. Stalin depended on young people. The Ayatollah took over Iran as the result of students, students. So let's not give them a pass. These are bad, evil kids. Yeah, they're our own, they're our own kids. One of the kids who's doing this is a very, the daughter of a very close friend. Uh, But they're bad kids. We have to call them on that.
5: Well, and that's that's what was my second question, is you look at Harvard Square. it's, It's sophisticated. It's beautiful. There's little brownstone areas beautiful boutiques bookshops the sophisticated people live there tory row beautiful old houses sophisticated people live there the people supposedly doing the right things the people who care about their health they've had plenty of boosters they were on the right side of politics uh, in polite society they're soccer moms how how is it that somebody seemingly so right and virtuous is applauding the torture of civilians how is this freaking happening in this
7: world well, I'm, and it's not that surprising to me. Look at who Cambridge elected to Congress. My town of Cambridge, where I lived for 50 years, elected a woman named Presley who's part of the squad, mm. who's part of the problem, who's viciously anti-Israel, viciously anti-American. But Cambridge elected her. Um, the city of Cambridge, I didn't vote for her. I would vote for a Republican before I'd vote for her. Mm. But, um, but, and these professors at Harvard and Yale and Columbia and NYU are teaching these kids. That uh, that that Jews are colonialists and they're imperialists uh, and they're, you know, deserve to die. And so it's not surprising that these kids are being influenced. Remember, universities have turned from being places where you learn how to think to being told what to think. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry that I retired from Harvard 10 years ago because I'd love to be back in the fight. Harvard Mm -hmm. will not invite me back to speak after 50 years of teaching because I'm pro israel uh, and by the way, I'm moderately pro-Israel. I'm in favor of the two-state solution. I'm against the civilian settlements. But Harvard won't have me back. Once I started supporting Israel, I became persona non grata on many of the university campuses. So when you talk about a marketplace of ideas, there is no marketplace. Mm. Anti-Israel people, people like Norman Finkelstein, who said it warmed every fiber of his heart to see these rapes, beheadings, burnings, and murders. He's invited to speak on every campus. And I'm not, and neither are other pro-Israel speakers. So there's no marketplace, healthy marketplace of ideas out there. That's why I write my books. Uh, My book, The War Against the Jews, I wrote it in 30 days. I started writing it October 7th. Because you can't censor my books. Uh, You can censor me on college campuses, but if a student wants to have a copy of my book, he can I'm thinking of putting it out in in a, a kind of cover that doesn't reveal the name of the book, uh, so that people won't be embarrassed or afraid to carry it uh, uh, through a, a, plain, a plain brown envelope cover so that people won't be uh, scared of carrying it. I have friends who won't wear a kippa, yarmulke in public or won't wear a Star of David. They're terrified. I wear a sign on my jacket every single day. I support Israel with the flag of Israel. And the United States. I'm 85 years old. And I'm not afraid of bullies.
5: I got to tell you, uh, Professor Dershowitz, if you were my dad, I would tell you to not wear that. I, I I'm sorry. This is not the country. My, I thought was.
7: my son has said. My son has said the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not going to be a coward at this age in, in my life. Um, I'm, you know, I I know a little bit of karate. I'll fight back.
4: Huh. And this is Alice, Tom's co-host. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned your books, because I think the first time somebody gave me one of your books as a gift, I think maybe it was about Thomas Jefferson and freedom of speech, if that possibly That's sounds right. Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I think they were hoping the, the political context was quite different then. And I think they were hoping that, you know, I, I would be compelled by your writing to become more politically liberal in the United States at that time and less conservative. And now um, it's very interesting to see how much, you know, it, your positions haven't really shifted over time, but the political landscape has shifted so oh, much, yeah. in particular about, Dramatically. about Israel. It's, you know, incredible freedom to me. Of sp-
7: and freedom of speech. Freedom of speech has become a conservative cause. Um, you know, liberals support it, too, but radicals don't. The woke progressives, it's freedom of speech for me, but not for thee. Look at what happened at Stansford. Um, the um, National Lawyers Guild, a radical lawyers group, shut down a judge who they didn't agree with, and they've shut me down uh, repeatedly. So, yeah, freedom of speech is no longer a left-wing issue. It's become a conservative issue.
4: Right, and, and it's interesting to see young people so much on the side of censorship and and you know you mentioned um that that these young people are radicals and going to be putting on green headbands and and they're like Hitler yeah. youth and it's you know we think of islamic extremists as being motivated by religious radicalism uh, and fundamentalism but n- not necessarily our american college students who are espousing this cause what is it that motivates them is it just the in-group
7: signaling or is it well Part of it, part of it is that. Part of it's virtue signaling. Part of it is being influenced by peer pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is this phony notion that uh, intersectionality—that there are oppressed mm-hmm. people and not oppressed people. Uh, look, look at look at how the Attorney General of New York ran for office, not only on a get Trump platform, but she called the Trump administration uh, too pale, too male, <laughs> and too stale. That's all in one. She was a sexist a racist and an ageist all in one. And she's the attorney general of New York and she's the person where young people are running from. Can you imagine a candidate for office saying, Oh, the other administration, they're too black, they're too mm. female, and they're too young. Nobody would accept that, but you can say somebody's too pale. Um, uh, that's just, that's just a uh, uh, virtue signaling and, 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 and anti-white racism.
5: <laughs> My worry is, by the way, we were talking to Alan Dershowitz. He is the author of War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. I will tweet the links out so you guys can pre-order that and get the, that more more uh, relevant than ever, um, since we, this is a country I no longer recognize as of October 7th. I just don't, don't get it. But are our institutions too swept away? Are they too overcome? Because yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about You know, young people tearing posters down of kidnapped Jewish children, and she had no position on it. She couldn't find it in her trapper keeper. She had no strong position on it whatsoever, other than the the White House is generally against hate of any kind.
7: Tearing down pictures of uh, kidnapped children is a form of anti-Semitism. It says that Jewish lives don't matter. And one of the worst offenders has been Black Lives Matter. Look, I believe that Black Lives Matter, but I believe that so do lives of other people. And the organization Black Lives Matter has been one of the most racist, Mm. anti-Semitic, anti-Israel organizations. The day this happened, October 7th, they put out a poster glorifying the terrorists and supporting Mm. the beheading and the rapes because it didn't involve black people. Uh, You can't support Black Lives Matter uh you can support the concept but you cannot support the organization any more than you can support the national lawyers guild or the bronx defenders or the harvard students who blamed everything on israel this is patent patent racism and uh we're, we're living through what people lived through in the 1930s so uh people forget i mm-hmm. live in, a, in an area of new york called yorkville yorktown Uh, During the 1930s, 100,000 neo-Nazis marched down the streets with Heil Hitler salutes. They marched to Madison Square Garden with thousands of them pledged allegiance to Adolf Hitler. This is in Manhattan in New York City. Mm. We're seeing the same thing, except instead of swastikas, it's it's green headbands. But the concept is the same. You know, Jews are dirty, clean the city of Jews, Uh, free Palestine of Jews, uh, make it Judenfrei, that's a German mm. term for uh, no Jews allowed. That's what Hamas charter calls for. And these people who support Hamas, they're ignorant. But you know, they're led by people like Barack Obama. Mm. Barack Obama made an obscene comparison the other day between these rapes, murders, and beheadings on the one hand, and uh, the, the he said the occupation which makes it uh, life unlivable for the Palestinians. Well, Hamas controls the Gaza, it's not occupied, it's occupied by Hamas, not by Israel, but to make that obscene comparison between a disputed political issue of the extent of the uh, occupation mm-hmm. and these murders just encourages these young people to think that there's a justification for what Hamas did.
5: Well, totally, and actually I was listening to The Dirst Show, which people should listen to, it's a great podcast, The Durst Show, Thank and you. you mentioned Obama, saying that he said yep. he said the situation in Gaza was unbearable which, of course, gives you license then to do anything. If it's unbearable, well, then anything goes.
7: Well, anything should go when it comes to the people of the Gaza overthrowing Hamas, because they're the Mm -hmm. ones who have made life unbearable. Israel ended its occupation. Not only did it remove every living person, soldier and settler, it even dug up their dead bodies that had been buried for you know, 75 years after funerals, and brought them to Israel. There isn't a single, before this war, wasn't a single Israeli soldier anywhere in in Gaza. And the reason that the borders were controlled is because they were sending in rockets and sending in terrorists and building terror tunnels. Any country would do the same thing. So this notion that there's an unbearable occupation is just a lie. And I'm embarrassed that I voted for Barack Obama the second time. He called me into the Oval Office to assure me that he had Israel's back, because you know he had known me as a Harvard student, um, but I didn't realize when he said he had Israel's back, he meant to paint a, a target on it huh. so that they could be attacked. And that's what he was. So my relationship with Barack Obama is over. I regard him today mm. as a villain of this uh, uh, Middle East conflict. By the way, he did nothing in his eight years in office to bring about peace in the Middle East. Bill Clinton tried hard. All the other presidents have tried. Uh, Barack Obama did absolutely nothing.
4: Huh. It's so interesting to hear you talk about, you know how how Obama shifted on this issue or misrepresented his true position on this issue. I suppose, whichever whichever you feel is more charitable. But you know, I I'm fearful for Israel that. There's going to be more of that happening politically in the United States when you look at the numbers of young people in particular who hold these just outlandish views about Israel and the Middle East and yeah. what's happening there. Um, and you know, I think Israel's been kind of a bipartisan issue in the United States for a long time. Do you think be, that? But, but do you think at, that that's about to at, change now with like 50 percent of people not. under 30 thinking these attacks? Could be justified.
7: Uh, well, I hope I hope it remains uh, bipartisan. Congress uh, in a pretty overwhelming vote um, uh, sanctioned um, a, a Congresswoman Tlaib for her outrageous statements about uh, Palestine will be free of Jews. She said it was only aspirational. Well, so so was mine. So was Mein Kampf only aspirational, and Hitler wrote it. So we have to take very seriously these racist and anti-Semitic comments. I've made a pledge. I will support financially and I will campaign for anybody, Republican or Democrat, who runs against members of the squad because they have been so un-American, so anti-Judeo-Christian values, so anti-Israel. They they deserve to be defeated in the marketplace of ideas and in congressional votes. So I offer to vote and, and campaign for anybody who runs against the squad.
5: Well, let me ask you, as somebody who taught for 50 years at Harvard, so you've dealt with all sorts of young people, young, foolish ideologues and wise young people and probably racist, anti-Semitic, whatever. You know, people come with their preconceived notions, et cetera, et cetera. What's different this time to me is maybe you were foolish when you were 20 and I was an ass when I was 20, fine. But maybe we were young socialists or or Black Lives Matter or or, um, Occupy Wall Street. You had that stuff. But this is different. This is celebrating the torture and murder and rape of civilians in your heart, smiling when you hear it. These people remind me of the Manson girls. They're truly happy that this happened. They celebrated it in the streets when other people are are being I wouldn't celebrate Hamas babies dying. I don't think you would no, of
7: course not of course not so what
5: is happening?
7: Well, what's happened is um, these folks have drunk Kool-Aid and they've been brainwashed and um, you know the fact that they're at Harvard doesn't mean they're they're intelligent. Uh, some of the stupidest people I ever met uh, were students at harvard um, and and so you know you, Thomas Jefferson once said, put a philosophical question to a professor or a ploughman and the plowman is more likely to come up with a better answer. That's certainly my experience with 50 years. Uh, Some of the stupidest people, dumbest people, um, most biased and ignorant people I've ever met have been Harvard students, and so I don't give them a pass. Um, You know, they got into Harvard. They worked hard, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're adults, and they have to be treated as adults. That's why I want the names of every single student who signed any of these petitions, who harassed people. Uh, There's a student uh, at the Harvard Law Review, who harassed a Jewish um, guy and wouldn't let him leave. And he's on videotape. I've published his name and I've urged law firms not to hire him. Let him sue me uh, for, for interference with his political career. I'd love to defend it. But law firms have the right to know and clients have the right to know who's representing them. If you're represented mm-hmm. by somebody who supports rapes and murders. You have the right to know that and say, no, I want a different lawyer.
4: Yeah. And, and you know, you raise such a good point about... You know, these kids work so hard to get into Harvard, but they remain so ignorant on some of these issues, and I'm so glad. One
0: size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. com slash style.
4: You've written this book for this reason, because I've noticed so many young people believe things about Israel and about the Middle East um, and about Jewish history in the Middle East that simply aren't true. And, you know, the I think TikTok has um, some answers to give about that in terms of their algorithm and what sure. they're promoting to young people. But I think that, you know, the best way to solve the problem is to get better information out there. And, you know, I hope a lot of people go and read this book and understand more. But if there was like, you know, a a one-sentence summary of, like, what you would want people to know about Israel, young people growing well, up. I wrote and, a book. Why. I know I you wrote, wrote a, a book whole book, it. but,
7: you know, is I know, there— I wrote a book about it 20 years ago called mm-hmm. The Case for Israel, which I put out all the questions that have been asked, and I give answers. You can get that online. It has all the answers to all the false accusations, and very little has changed, unfortunately.
5: So the book that people should be getting now is War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas yeah. Barbarism. And once again, I'll, I'll have that link out. People, you can get that right now, pre-order on Amazon as well. Right. But let me, before I let you go, Professor Dershowitz, um, my feeling is just seeing this country in the last month, it's unrecognizable to me. Seeing that the administration is not, doesn't seem to be uh, on an emergency footing here. I would be doing everything I can to make Jews in America feel protected uh, in, in with a big presence. My feeling is, is is I'm not seeing it, and my feeling is to, to Jewish listeners, to this radio show right now, and my podcast right now, is you're on your own, get a 9mm, or just you're on your own. Is, is, do you feel that that sentiment is accurate?
7: Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a gun person. I'm going to be speaking tomorrow night at a big event. A film is being debuted about me called uh, The Trials of Alan Dershowitz that uh, won an award for a documentary. New York documentary film festival. And, you know, I've asked for police protection, but I'm not going to stay home and hide. Mm. And I'm going to wear my my Star of David uh, and my uh, um, I support Israel with a flag of Israel in the United States. I'm going to wear it proudly. Um, And uh, uh, I would expect that the police will protect me and allow my free speech to be protected, even though there are some that will probably protest.
5: Well, I wish you all the best of luck with that, and to obviously everybody out there. I hope this country can heal itself. The book is "War Against the Jews: How to End Hamas Barbarism." His name is Alan Dershowitz. You know him, Professor Dershowitz. Thank you so much. Always my pleasure. Thank you. So yeah, it was a pleasure talking to him. He was he's really great. He's fantastic. He's a, he was I liked that that interview. I was I was pleased with it. Um and um. Yeah, yeah, he was really fantastic. I will say, as a, as a tiny, uh, just stylistic note. Yes. No one can beat my ability to pronounce the words Professor Dershowitz.
7: <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I would expect that the police will protect me and allow my free speech to be protected, even though there are some that will probably protest.
5: Well, I wish you all the best of luck with that. And to, go. obviously, everybody out there, I hope this country can heal itself. The book is War Against the Jews, How to End Hamas Barbarism. His name is Alan Dershowitz. You know him, Professor Dershowitz. Thank <laughs> <you so> <laughs> done. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Nicely <laughs> <Okay>. done. <laughs> John Fetterman over there. You're no kidding. No kidding. I'll have to say that as a drop at some point. Um, all right. So uh, thank you to Alan Dershowitz for jumping on. Um all right so we're going to do something with the AP we've got a you got a, a surprise daily dozen I'm supposed to embark on
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means but anyway um so anyways I happened across this story which is kind of a small story that I enjoyed but then um the guy in it his name sounded super familiar and I was like is this who I think it is and then I went back and unearthed this um Burn Barrel podcast from November of 2020 that I'm going to have Tom play this piece right here. It starts around 10:15. Around 10:15. If, 15, if you start, start in this This is episode 119 if you're curious to go back and listen to this, but this was just great and it's so typical I think of the media. I guess the theme of today is just the media covering itself with glory per usual. Okay, there you go. Ready? Mm-hmm.
5: Uh there's new is there anything coming out with you? There's nothing new coming out with Hugh. He had his window. I think it's over. It was fun. I loved it. And uh, God bless him. You all we're right. talking
4: about Hugh Grant. So, uh, there beforehand. in uh,
5: media, the best thing about this, and I was on with Jerry Callahan this morning. I didn't even know this had happened. First of all, I didn't know who John Meekum was, but he's an MSNBC guy. Tell me if I have this right. Mm-hmm. John Meekum is an MSNBC contributor or host. Or yes, what? he
4: was a paid contributor. Now he, they said they will still have him on, but not as a paid contributor.
5: Okay. And he has been, you know, a pundit, and analyst talking mm-hmm. about politics. And we found out that while he's talking about Joe Biden, that he's been working for Joe Biden. Is that correct?
4: Um, yeah. And it's more than that. It's more than just he didn't disclose he was working for Joe Biden, but he was actually writing the speeches and or like, you know, one of the people who's working on writing the speeches with mm-hmm. Joe Biden. But he was acting as a Joe Biden speechwriter. And then he's going on MSNBC after the speech is given and uh, you know breaking it down for us what yes. this speech means for critiquing. America. Oh, Critiqu- that's yeah, fantastic. talking about I don't remember the speech this. about you know how in, presidential uh, it yes. sounds and stuff and he wrote it. Right. I mean, and so as he's critiquing the
5: speech oddly enough he seems to have a strong affinity for most of <laughs> Biden's speeches. He and really he, seems likes to, it. he seems to know the subject matter of the speech in and out. He's got a real deep knowledge of that which is uncanny but here's an, <laughs> an instance where they go over a speech um was this election this is night? A victory a victory night? This the victory is... night
4: yeah after they called the, enough races to okay the
5: this window. is the night saturday in the middle of the new uptick in covid the second spike where it would have been helpful to have perhaps uh the new president-elect talk to people in the streets who are celebrating his ascension and say maybe you should stop uh doing that but he didn't but that doesn't matter this is um, John Meekham, uh, after they play Biden speech on MSNBC with Brian Williams, actually. If this isn't a bastion
7: of uh, credibility. John, to my initial point, I am not the historian you are, and I certainly don't have the Pulitzer on my shelf oh, that you God, do. shut
1: up. Do you concur that that is the way we are used to? You
5: know what? It is freaking remarkable to me. And I've only seen stuff like this when I was a younger guy and a single guy in bars. Hitting on the same woman, some blowhard was. And we rewind everything up, and I, by no means do I have the polluters on the shelf that you have. That said, God, what a
6: blowhard, empty, freaking suit. Hearing from our presidents.
3: Absolutely. Uh, tonight marks the entire election results, mark a renewal of an American conversation.
5: What a dink. <laughs> People don't talk like that. Maybe speech writers do Somebody you want me to keep going or is that it?
4: Uh, there's a little bit more here of his. Okay. His. and I assume
5: what he's reciting right now. He's reciting exactly what Joe Biden just recited. People don't. A renewal of an American conversation. This is so left wing progressive. This is so Boston right? Globe. Wow. I feel smarter for having later heard that he's re- renewing a conversation that we need to have the national dialogue is back this is so important. i feel smarter don't you feel i feel smarter too let's put an npr and they'll speak softly to us and maybe they'll play excerpts
3: where we're struggling imperfectly to realize the full implications of the jeffersonian promise of equality oh my god that <laughs> has taken us <laughs> too oh, long our, our work has been uh, bloody and tragic and painful and difficult and lord knows it is the Jeffersonian
5: promise of equality, by the way, took a boy, radical turn south if you look at Jefferson's uh, uh, second half of his life. And, but it doesn't matter. This is Jeffersonian. This is this guy is, can you imagine, two complete FOS blowhards. Incredible. I know.
3: Incredible. He is unfinished. But at our best, we try. Oh, my and God. And at our okay. best, okay. we are.
4: Because okay. now he was on morning joe had him on on monday morning that i just sent you that um so open that because it has a pre-roll on it you'll have to play through silently but um but morning joe had him on to react to the poll numbers from this weekend the new york times poll that shows donald trump beating biden um and unsurprisingly uh it is not biden's fault that um that these poll numbers are bad actually it's all our fault, and we've actually failed Biden, by the way. I don't know if um, if you realize that, but those poll numbers actually are a test that we failed as a society. So,
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm the presidential
4: there. election is a test of our character, and we have failed the presidential <laughs> historian who's going to let us know.
5: That's great. I'm sorry, we have 23 seconds before we're able to do this. We're watching... <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, these people are so freaking incredible.
4: So, yeah. So when I saw that and I was playing that and I was like, I don't think Biden is on trial.
5: I think we are. Freaking amazing. 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 These clueless freaking producers. Amazing.
4: Yeah. I can't believe they're not embarrassed to have him on, but I guess they figured it would be long enough that it, you know. That people will have forgotten that the four hours this morning. But just, what do you think Americans should be focused on in the months to come, compared to what they might be focused on?
3: I I don't think President Biden is being is on trial here. I I think we are. I I really do. I I think this is a test of citizenship. It's, what a uh, I think John just put it really <laughs> oh. well. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are not as immer- blessedly for them are not as immersed in all this as 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 most of us. But, you know, when Republicans talk, of, you know, criticize President Biden, it, it's like having someone in a burning house talking about the fire safety violations of a house that's not on fire across the street. Right. Right. And so right. I, I just <laughs> think it, it requires
5: who did. Who told this dink he's,
3: that he's a presidential but a
4: historian? effing putz? He's a presidential historian.
5: Oh, man. There's another thing that we've seen. <laughs> the historian <laughs> class has been shown to be a Who's bunch. the other
4: one? Beschloss. Michael oh, yeah. Beschloss is another. He's an insane person. person.
3: Two beats of thought. It requires.
4: Else, I'm going <laughs> to take a plane and find this guy and punch him in his f- head. That episode 119. A few minutes on from the cut I gave you, you end up going to the Bill Withers Lovely Day song. So, oh, really? <laughs> 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 this guy is unbearable. <laughs> he's really he's, terrible. This is He's a
3: tough presence to be sharing the earth with.
4: He says something really ironic momentarily.
3: <laughs> saying, okay, I don't agree with, you know, 25% of what's going on or whatever the percentage is. But you know what? He's not going to break the law. He's not going to storm mm-hmm. the Capitol. And does that sound like we're lowering the bar? Maybe, but we're human beings. We have proven in the last. Uh, I am a fan. Imagine <laughs> what was the the uh,
5: great interview that you did? Where the guy? It was it was a good guy? Was it Featherston, the guy who kept asking and answering his own questions? Yes. Am I a radical libertarian? Sure.
4: I mean would he I didn't cata- say that. Would I ca- would I
5: categorize myself- he was good, but still he was into he was into answering his own questions. Six years. This guy has an incredibly <laughs> douchebaggy look. This guy is he's not safe to walk around. I actually am worried about him.
4: You know who he looks like to me? His um <laughs> his, In the last his, his his um like look that he has? He reminds me of the naked gun guy.
5: Oh, Leslie needs something a little bit. He looks a little bit also like um who is the Who is the Waspy guy who um, Who was part of the Watergate reporters? Woodward. Woodward.
3: It's, uh, six years that we are capable of making terrible public decisions, and one of the things the founders gave us is the recognition that it's hard to get happening. things done in this country. There's based no on way. their view, that most of what we would him. want to do, you know we shouldn't him. do.
5: This and seems I to me. Think, I, I would guarantee this interview. This guy must live in the Beltway, and he's like, "Oh, I can come in person." Scarborough said, "Don't you let this guy into the studio?" No,
4: <laughs> I can't believe they're having him back on though after he embarrassed their network beca- by not disclosing that he was writing Biden speeches that he was reacting to as a pundit on their show. I'm
5: sure he works for the administration right now.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we just have to take. We have to. Take oh, look at baby. this crew. Remember-
5: the whole crew, you you can't see this. The whole crew that's there. There's six. There's seven people here. It's him. There's um, um, the guy who worked for the circus in HBO, John.
4: Um, I forgot. Who wrote the book? Yeah, yeah Game I know Change. Who,
5: yeah. Um, John is that John Heilman? No, it's not John Heilman. Is it? Maybe it's, I forgot. Whatever. Sharpton's up in the right hand corner. <laughs> And a couple of more people. This is fantastic. See what
4: we miss out on by not watching uh, MSNBC all the time.
3: Remember, mm-hmm. President Biden woke up this morning worried about a wider war in the Middle East, in a in, in an un, you know most unstable region in the world, involving the global economy, possible nuclear war, the most ancient religious rivalries in the world. While there's an elemental struggle He's reminiscent things, of what led guys. to the bloodiest century uh, in history uh, unfolding in Ukraine because of the appetites yeah. of, a, of a dictator. He's got a lot to think about. And I think that... It requ- He'd have less to think about
5: if anybody <laughs> if in the world respected job. him. You know? <laughs> Donald Trump didn't have to worry about the war in Ukraine. Yeah, exactly.
3: Requires, citizenship requires a certain amount of of empathy for that. And maybe, it, maybe that... Oh, do-
5: this douche. This actually, this crap works at chicks and bars? I can't believe it. I can't believe it!
3: <laughs> Doesn't get the job done. Maybe we're just in such a foul humor that let's see what the authoritarians can do. But we saw what the we're in such a foul humor that let's see what mm-hmm. the do. Th- this guy is the biggest.
5: PO- I can't. You have to make allowances
4: this. for Biden. He has a lot on his plate right now, Tom. I don't think you realize the weight of the world is heavy on his shoulders. Don't fall for the authoritarians. Give <laughs> Biden some grace.
5: I um, I'm having trouble. <laughs> i'm having trouble dealing with this alice
4: um
3: okay so with the idea of discussion okay two more
4: quick things to wrap up up before we have to go to the chat chat because then i have to pick up our kids
3: the authoritarian almost did and if we lose this it's really hard to see how we get it back the united states of america
5: so that test of citizenship joe i mean i We need this
3: back.
4: Okay.
7: And the sunlight hurts my eyes.
4: Can we do two more quick things before we go to the chat chat? Yes, go ahead. Um, So one quick thing is that um, as we talked to Dershowitz about the young people have lost their minds, the... um, the congressional staffers held a big protest oh, in yes. masks yes, today. Yes. So they're all out there in masks so that they can't be identified because they're obviously not supposed to go against what their bosses say. Right. Um, so that's terrible, obviously. Um, the other thing is that there is a debate tonight between um, all the people vying for first runner up in the Republican party primary. Um and so that of course means terrible political coverage. Um, including things like this that I just resent to you, so it's at the top of the on the chat here.
5: Is this, this death sentence same? Yeah,
4: but it's all of them. It's the coverage in general. Enchiladas. Post debate meal. This is what's on, what usually what's has french fries. Pre and post debate meal. Well,
0: if I had my choice I'd have a McDonald's Big Macs and french fries, but I typically have salmon and some asparagus. Pre-debate, you don't want to do anything to upset the apple cart. And after the debate, are you ravenous? Are you like digging into a burger? Or what are you doing after yeah, the debate? We,
2: we'll let her rip. If I'm picking the restaurant after the debate, um, I. That's bad.
4: Your go-to debate pump-up song.
2: Gosh. Okay. You know it's all the old-school cameo, burn rubber. Yeah.
0: So for the first debate. My song was Under Pressure by Queen. Good song. My second debate, it was Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll.
5: You used to listen to us. Sometimes it's better to not have the answer to this. <laughs> the, it's better to, for your campaign to not be this careful that they have an answer. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to just answer like people who aren't expecting a question. Sure. Um,
2: uh, pre-debate. Um, but that seems to have gotten dated now. <laughs> My kids make fun of me for that, so I don't listen to Usher anymore. My default is always to listen to Bruce, but I need something a little bit different, I think Bruce would understand.
4: <laughs> so this is the type of coverage okay. we're going to be treated to tonight, I assume. Looking forward to that. Of course, people are not watching it, and it doesn't matter, so that's fine. But um, anyway, um, we should head over to the chat chat, because I have to go pick up the kids shortly from their play practice. Um the chat chat, of course, is on the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline brought to us by Chelsea Fire Ooh. Wicked Hot Sauce.
5: Okay, here we go. BB,
1: Paul in the car. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, Paul in the car. Hi, Paul. Uh, hey, Paul. Last night's elections across the country um, demonstrate that, yet again, the GOP just cannot figure out. Oh, yeah. That. yeah. We got to talk about this the, tomorrow. The Dems in depth, because I had to call yeah. it today
5: to the radio show. Say it's all abortion, and that's worth talking about.
1: I haven't fig- what the Dems have figured out that they, they can run an election and their base just keeps voting. And, and maybe one day the GOP will figure out that the majority of the women in this country vote for uh, legislation that allows abortion. Um, I mean, we just yeah. saw that in Ohio. I'm unbelievable, yep. and I, you know, I'm I'm at a point now where I'm not pro-abortion. I mean, I'm pro-life. Um, but it's 2023. I, I don't really care what another woman does mm. with her body. I mean, that's, the, that's the deal. <laughs> she gets to make that decision. I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but from a, like, we should talk policy about standpoint, tomorrow. yeah, we should. Overall strategy, we keep tripping over ourselves. Yeah. And Joe Biden's going to win again or whoever they stuff in there and, Maybe the and decide call to decide. ballots <laughs> again for. I mean, it, I don't care what the poll says. We're not going to win if we can't figure out and figure this out. And last night was yet another example. We, we're just running around in circles. We have no idea what we're doing. Let's, it's crazy.
5: That's a Thanks, great guys. point, Paul. Let's make that topic number one for tomorrow. Right. And I think that uh, in a lot of ways it's kind of like the, the gun uh, issue, although the guns in the Constitution and abortion is not. But there's a huge marketplace for guns and a will to want guns in this country. Um, and guns are going to happen, whether you like them or not. So maybe that's the kind of a parallel, but we can save that for tomorrow. But it's a gr- it's a mm-hmm. great point and yeah, it sucks.
6: Don't no, kidding. Speaking of people taking shots at each other, Cullinane came after you hot. Tom, no, you huh? see that? With your post about interviewing Dershowitz. Not very kind words by uh, Mr Cullinane. It was very it was actually pretty harsh for Dave. He doesn't speak like that. He called me a piece of S.
0: Wow. Which is
5: I, you don't hear Dave talk like that usually. So I'm not sure if he's really upset like Dershowitz is out there it doesn't belong to the domain of that podcast and that world show you know he, um, i know
4: he's more than just uh, uh yes. a recurring character in the miniverse
5: yes no yeah <laughs> i've been talking about uh, you know from the herald to here for and he does happen e- to years. have a book coming out so. yes exactly <laughs> that's how it goes
4: bb uh-huh db danny and boverka thanks
5: steve vets
0: Hey, Tom and Alice, hope you're well, and that little Peter Rabbit is thriving. I'm sure he is. Thank you. Just wanted to thank you on a personal note for reaching out last week to check on the little guy. Yeah. Uh, He's doing great. That's great. And all is well now, so thank you for dropping a note. And I've been listening. All you guys are on a roll. Thanks for all your great coverage of what's going on in the world, which is obviously pretty nutty, as always. Wanted to give two shout-outs, one to our good friend and friend of the show, Steve from Gloucester, I know he's yeah. been putting himself out there the last couple of days. We just did a recording of uh, Quantum Kirk, where we brought up the uh, his exploits this week, and uh, we want him to stand strong and uh, you know take the heat. He's gonna he's standing up for what he believes, and I think that's always always a good thing, whatever might come of it. But I think we gotta we gotta support Steve. Yeah, he's, absolutely speak in his mind, and I think that's the most important thing. Also, this Saturday night is going to be the third annual Veterans Day stream wow. uh, that you both joined last year, and it was great to have you on. We'd love to have you join again. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be having a few veterans and non-veterans on just to – Tell some more stories and just kind of shoot the breeze. Maybe some celebrity guests. Ooh. So uh time and channel to be announced, but it'll be Saturday nice. evening. And we'll be raising a few bucks for the Wounded Warriors Foundation as well. So awesome! mark that off in your calendar if you can, because I know you're uh, you're both very busy. And we hope to chat with you then. All right. Have a good show. Talk to you guys later.
5: Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. I'm glad everything's going um
4: And by right. the way, 50% off. Maybe this should be on the food show, but for vets at Margarita's all this weekend. Oh,
5: my goodness. Very cool, Alice. Since
4: as a member of the Circle of Friends and Taco Gigante champion, yes. see the All You Can Eat podcast for more details, um, you were notified that vets get 50% off entrees at the um, at Margarita's
6: from now indeed. through the weekend. Here I am trying to pull my best Tom Shattuck Ooh. by recording something and it got totally, as you guys all know, taken out of context. Of course, Kirk Minahan show. Of course it yes. did. Steve. And of course, I went on and you He's know right. tried to stand my ground with him, You're and dead. got a few shots in, but yeah. ultimately, you, you know, he dead, gives Steve. you the knockout punch. No, but you know, maybe I shouldn't be crossing the bridge and trying to dabble into the Kirk Minahan world, and maybe I should just keep myself. Uh, burn barrel only because <laughs> the path 24 hours was a complete adventure
5: oh i can imagine yeah you, can imagine. you did a good job there but you know yeah. you can't take it, it depends in if you it.
4: want it that or not because yeah. <laughs> that will happen so tom loves it but not everyone does
2: hi steve from Aramis. hi steve. steve tom i want to thank you for your very kind words on today's podcast about yes. my Middling intelligence. uh, Really rude of him intellectually on any other podcast uh, (laughs) other than the Bird (laughs) Barrel. It made my day and it made Mrs. Steve from America chuckle. Um, The reason I'm calling is I try desperately, I'm not feeling real funny these days. Mm I got to be candid. I'm not turning into one of those morose types that, you know, yeah. walks around and screams at people. Uh, but uh, it, the news has not been fun. And I have been feeling particularly funny. Yeah. But uh, I, want, I tried desperately today to try and turn that in, that moonbat uh, Democrat at the polling place. I tried to do something funny with it. i trying to yeah. imagine, like, what a Republican moonbat would do <laughs> in, the, in the same circumstances. Yeah. You know, I, I was trying to come up with things like, uh, you are trying to abort my adult children. <laughs> or, you know, you're trying to turn my wife trans. I, you know, I, I just, it, I, obviously, as evidenced here, it wasn't terribly funny. But my God, I think you could actually turn every single thing that that guy said back on him. I mean, yeah. you know, he's talking about uh, in people's bedrooms. Yeah, well, you want to, you know, you want to go into people's bedrooms and, and do all this other, uh, all this shit and uh, ruin their lives. Yeah, you want to come into my kids' classroom. Yeah, and mm-hmm. ruin their life. You, uh, and that's not hyperbole.
5: They,
4: no, they really, literally,
5: actually, do. Yes, want to behind your back change the course of that your. That reminds
4: child. me, we have to go over. We have to give permission for our daughter to learn about puberty. I've at heard.
5: School. I deferred to you. i told her to talk to you.
2: You know, by filling them with all this crap. Yep you know, about transgenderism and, and, you know, all the sex stuff. It's, it's, it's terrible. Um, And he's talking about stolen elections. All right. Hey, how many (laughs) more phantom pipe bursts in downtown Atlanta are we going to have to put up with while the Democrats in uh, Fulton County are counting up the fake votes? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's disgusting. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, I bet if you were to nail that guy down, he he's clearly an islamo-fascist supporting hater of israel
4: yeah also an employee and, of the hhs uh, you know,
2: Yes, obviously also a moonbat environmentalist yep and, and it's just it's it's depressing and i can't find anything funny about it yeah Don't help me yeah we should talk yeah. more about he him. works
4: with foster kids. <laughs> perfect <laughs> Um, thank you all as always for calling in You can call in and leave messages On the chat chat at burnbarrelpodcast.com That's also where you can find links to all Different places to listen to the show You can watch the show on YouTube You can watch it on Rumble You can also join us for live streams And get some extra content each week If you join at patreon.com But of course the show is always Available for free wherever you like to listen to podcasts